Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Kestra Dorowski. And I'm Andrew Dorowski. I'm sorry, I was distracted. I was looking at my Grimm's copy of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> Getting ready for this minute. <laughs> and today we are once again joined by Todd Mack from the Protagonist Podcast. Welcome back. It's a pleasure to be here again. Yes. And we're happy to have you on. Um, today's minute, minute 49, begins with uh, the the camera still zooming in on the castle and on the window where the queen is and ends with the camera moving down uh, past an arch almost after the queen has dramatically descended the steps with rats following the camera's movements, almost like with the doves in the beginning of the, the film yeah. as they move. Ah, interesting. But we are excited because this week it's we finally queen. have the queen. We have got the queen back after what probably forever, probably at least thirty minutes. Yes, um, <laughs> like she was in, she was gone by the third week, um, and so I, Kestra is going to find out exactly when the last time we saw the queen was. Uh, but I think it was when she sent the huntsman to uh, take care of Snow White. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. And so Todd is is the first person in a while. You're probably like the first in at least five guests to get to talk about the Queen. I like the Queen. You specifically requested minutes with the Queen in it. Yeah, she's 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 really interesting. Uh, last minute that we had her was minute nine. Oh wow! Back in week two. And we're in week ten now. So. <laughs> That's amazing. It's been two months. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, Welcome back, Evil Queen. Yeah. <laughs> you are part of this film. Yes. Yes. Um, so it comes back and she's holding the box. Todd, okay. I have a question. First question. Okay. Well, I, okay. You ask your question about, about this. I have a question about the box. I want to know what you think. But Does she just have a box around for special occasions when she needs a heart? Okay. This is the same question I had because this is we saw this box like she presented yes. it to the huntsman, but I was wondering if that box was like commissioned for this purpose because it's got like a blade going through a heart <laughs> on the clasp of the box. Yeah, it does. Does she have an evil blacksmith or uh, a silver carpenter? Carpenter, uh, yeah. Who uh, who just makes evil accoutrements for her? I don't know, but like. That or... box is precise for that. I mean, it's not even like it's a little bit flat, maybe for a human heart to sit in, but it's obviously ornamented for this purpose for for, yes. for heart stabbing. Yeah, or uh, the carpenter could have um, been forced, yes, to, to to do it, or because we uh, know, or else <laughs> because some people know what happens if you disobey her. Like we don't, the we don't know, but he, the huntsman knows when, when he he was like, but the little princess, she's like. You know what the punishment is. Yeah. And so the queen is, oh, so, so deliciously sinister. Evil. Yes. Like, so wonderfully evil in in the most grand way. Uh, And this box is, like, an example of it. Like, she has a a box for hearts. Yes. Um, (laughs) It's so weird. It's so weird. Does she have a box for other organs? Does she have an eye box and a... 
a finger box and a, some, I don't some, know some versions some of kind of a the... spleen a spleen box a some brain version... box you would need for sure <laughs> some versions of the fairy tale um, she requests uh, the lungs and liver as well as the heart or and just so she, yeah or, so or, she or, needs or, a lung or, box or, and a liver box yeah, some other versions uh, the heart for the doesn't kidney, come in yeah. or and the heart doesn't come in it's also it varies. I have a note from from my copy of the Grimm's version. Is this wonderful leather bound version from the old store Borders? May it rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> love Borders. Um, and so it it's the same sequence, and it says, "Now the queen, having eaten Snow White's heart as she supposed, felt quite sure now that she was the first and fairest, and so she came to the mirror. She ate the heart. Yeah, that's how Heart's it goes good. down in." In some stories. I find it to be a little rubbery. I've only had, like, chicken heart, I think. Mm. I've never had heart. I had deer heart. <laughs> you you had a heart heart? Uh, no, uh, I don't. Have... Ouch! The, my well, no, maiden like, name is heart. H-A-R-T. But that's also oh. a term for uh, for a deer. No, deer. Yes, I know. That's oh, where yeah. it comes from. Heart. Yeah. H-A-R-T is, is yeah. a type of deer. So I you thought you were accusing a me of heart, having a heart, H- a hard heart. No, 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 heart, no, no. Heart. heart, heart. Yes, I had heart, A-K-A-R-T. heart. G a r t. Yes, uh, it was good. Uh, we had uh, somebody gave us some a bunch of deer meat uh, venison. Perhaps the chicken hearts that I've had have not been prepared right, or maybe it's different with um, larger game. I don't know. It was good. Okay, um, but you're not. You don't want to eat Snow White's heart. I don't want to eat Snow White's heart, and I'm I'm just fascinated by this box. I'm glad that in this sequ- in this version in the Disney version the queen doesn't eat the heart she's like holding the box she's like here it is like this is my proof that she's dead yes (laughs) and that's all because she says snow white lies dead in the forest the huntsman brought me her heart okay this is one of the questions i have okay why did she say go out to the forest kill her leave her there but bring me the heart why not like the huntsman's way bigger than 14 year old snow white why not say and bring me the body (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i don't know I have no. Well, she doesn't want there to be evidence of the. Uh, of we the don't deed. see anyone else in the castle ever. That's true. Except skeletons. Mm-hmm. Her and Snow White. Where's the husband? Where's her I'm husband? Sure. Where Snow White's dad is. Um, he it's might not, have died. It's not clear in this one. Um, none of the versions I read really bring it up. Um, I think the whole idea of evil stepmothers is really interesting. I think, um, in my mind, one of those skeletons down in the basement. Is probably the king. Oh, I like that theory. That's, that's what I went with. Because, like, her throne room, she has a solitary throne. Yes. It's just one throne, and it has a peacock. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wonderfully symbol. interesting. Interesting. But there's no, we don't see any evidence of the king whatsoever. Yeah. Um, there's no extra chair. There's no, you know, shoes lying around or anything. I just I I read something. I have no idea where I read it. Uh, I went through a stage where I was doing research for a for a Snow White. Oh, there's a is it Snow White? Yes, there's a Spanish film. Have you guys seen this? You have to watch this film. The uh, the Snow White Blanca Nieves. You mentioned it on the protagonist podcast one time, I think. Yes, it's a so it it was it came out the same year that uh, it was like the year of Snow White. So when the the Kristen Stewart Snow White came out and the oh, Julia and Roberts was, Snow White, there was, yeah, there was Mirror Mirror, there was Snow White and the Huntsman, and Blanca Nieves from Spain, and it's made to look like an old silent film. 
uh, and it also it also came out. This was it the artist that came out. I yeah, think that same I year, think that, I think or within a year of that. Yeah, close to that close same time. time yeah. And uh, so it's a silent film, and it's uh, it looks like it takes place in the twenties. And Snow White is the daughter of a bullfighter, and and she has this wicked stepmother. And in in that film, the father is uh, wheelchair bound because he's been uh, he's been attacked by a bull. Well, and uh, and the and the and the dwarves are bullfighting bulls, uh, bullfighting dwarves, and it's a uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. They're they're like rodeo clowns, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so yeah, she gets sent out into the forest. Anyway, it's amazing. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, in that one, he's. Um, He's in, incapacitated, the father. Okay. I think it plays well to kind of have him be absent. Um, oh, but, oh, the thing – here's the thing I was going to say. So when I was doing that, I was doing research on fairy tales, and uh, one of the theories about um, evil stepmothers is that there's nothing – in a child's life, no one has more power than a mother, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing that could terrify a child more than to have that mother be displaced – by someone else who is wicked, right? Like no one has – no one in a child's life has more power than their mother. And so it makes sense that in story after story after story, we see a wicked mother or wicked stepmother, somebody who's uh, who's taken the that rightful mother's place, which I think is an interesting theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when my brother John was on, he talked about – you know they transitioned things to stepmothers sometimes because they didn't want to vilify mothers – but I don't know that it's significantly better to vilify stepmothers because, you know, that's a hard transition as is. And to have this kind of stigma of the wicked stepmother, like, well, that's that, you know, it's putting at a disadvantage anyone who is becoming a step parent. Right. It's also hard, especially if that stepmother is the only mother that that pers- that that child has ever known. Mm-hmm. Right. So. But it does make sense as a way of creating terror in a child's life yeah. to make that in the form of a mother figure because because mothers traditionally have had so much influence in the life of their children. So like yeah. it or not, I think it makes sense as a as a device. Yes, I think I think it's very effective in that regard. Um and then she talks to the mirror. She's My kids she's are got- totally fr- freaked out by the mirror. She's she's got her her heart box, which okay. Be- behind her is a curtain that has like moons and stars on yeah. it. Yeah, was that in the first? Part? I don't remember. I don't there remember being, it. I don't. Rem- I didn't. I didn't even take note of moons and stars on the curtain. Watching this minute, so I don't, I don't recall, but I could be wrong. I don't um, think it was that, in the that first may have been there. Time, so I'm, um, I'm not sure. But the mirror, as we've talked about, is like it seems to be heavily astrology based there's a zodiac around it but you there's... don't see that this minute you don't right see that. um and and she you know calls for the slave in the mirror across time and space and fire and wind or or whatever at the beginning which she doesn't do the whole chant this time which i'm a she little disappointed magic mirror on the wall yes um and she's she's confident that she's got it now yeah. like it it was snow white but mm-mm, i'm ready and it's disappointing <laughs> yeah um, and then she, she's so certain that Snow White is She's dead. like, no, Mirror, look, here Mirror's is a heart, heart in a box. <laughs> <laughs> like, she shows it to the Mirror. She, and like, opens the box. She's like, no, 
And look, this is Snow White's heart. The mirror says, over seven jeweled hills beyond the seventh fall in the cottage of the seven dwarfs is where Snow White is or mm-hmm. lies or something. And and that's a pig's heart. And, and and he's like, that is not Snow White's heart. That is that is the heart of a pig. <laughs> and she's like, the heart of a pig. I've been tricked. Yes. Oh, no. She's so upset about this. Do you think that, I mean, right now she seems more focused on uh, getting revenge and killing Snow White herself. Uh, do you mm-hmm. think that she's has or will hurt the Huntsman or that the Huntsman has run away? I hope he's he's gotten out. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's got to, he has to have gotten out of Dodge because he knows, as, as has been established, he knows what happens when you go against the Queen. Yeah, so he must have, you know, found a pig, killed it, taken the heart, and then dropped it off. And he's like, okay, and I'm going to take several years vacation <laughs> time right now. And I, I think he left because she she doesn't seem as upset by him. And we might get into this a little bit more next minute. She's just upset that this has not gone according to her plan. Yeah. And she's going to, you know, go fix it. You know, if if you want something done right, that's her attitude. Yes. At this point, um, I was going to note that in the Grimm's version, I have they they do play a lot with sevens um, all throughout, and so there's the seven dwarfs, and there's like sequences, and, and when they had all lit their seven candles or things like that, and the the seven mountains and the seven falls and that sort yeah. of stuff comes into it as well, which I think this is the only time in the Disney version that it gets brought up, um, the seven jeweled hills and the seven falls and. Mm-hmm. and all that but i think it's consistent with you know fairy tales and uh this fairy tale in particular there's always this seven stuff and seven is an important number i mean it's a uh, yeah and basically every every culture that has numerology numeral symb- yeah numeral symbolism yeah uh seven comes up as being very important yeah absolutely uh and just like the queen's face throughout this whole sequence i love it so good and the eyes are are a deeper green there's not so much yellow uh Uh in them as there was in in other scenes and the just the animation is good and her performance is so dramatic her hands her hands on that box Mm -hmm. the long spindly fingers and and the fingernails like those fingernails are so immaculately manicured yes they're beautiful (laughs) and and her hands are, are smooth and everything like we talked about it with someone else. The queen, basically, if she would just not worry about Snow White, she probably would just be the fairest. If she could just be okay with it and, and not have this jealousy eating at her. Yeah. Um, and then as we're getting into next minute, you know, she's willing to forego her beauty in order to attack the one who, who is more, more beautiful. And she would just, you know, put that effort towards being good and taking care of herself instead of worrying about and being jealous of someone else. It's fine. Also, she's the queen. What does she need to be beautiful for at this point anyway? <laughs> like what, what does she need? And it's just pure vanity. Um, well, but I mean, that's beauty. Beauty in itself is, is the, is the, what the goal? Like, it's not a means. Beauty is not a means to an end. Beauty is an end in and of itself. Right. Right? In, in this case, at least. See, but she should have read more of the Greeks because she doesn't understand that the that for, to be truly beaut- beautiful, you have to be it, beautiful on the inside and the outside. 
So if she had just worked on this outside or this inside, this internal, yeah. media, it would have resolved things and then she'd be fine. She'd be able to relax and smile and go read some books, go to the gymnasium, do some exercises. You know, I was, uh, I was yeah. really satisfied uh, early on when I made the realization that uh, the magic mirror is a metaphor for mirrors and being obsessed <laughs> with beauty. Like the fact that it's a mirror is so perfect because she's obsessed with beauty. And in the modern day, you don't need a, you know, anyone in the mirror telling you that you're not beautiful enough. That's kind of what society does yeah. to people. And so they do it to themselves. Like the, the magic mirror speaking back to her is really just her self criticism of her beauty. And it's the, it's the same way that, you know, people are self critical about, their looks today you know it's it's not someone else in the mirror saying you're not good enough it's our own insecurities in the mirror and so the magic mirror is a metaphor for, for a mirror yeah mm-hmm. and um, it's so perfect because i never i never thought about it until we were doing this film one minute at a time i was like wait <laughs> that mirror is just they just put a face that's not her to say all these things yes. that even if there wasn't a face there, she'd just be saying to herself, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, the way people have negative body image and, um, and it's, it's dangerous and catastrophic in a lot of lives, you know, with eating disorders or, um, you know, becoming addicted to, to cosmetics or plastic surgery or, or things like that, becoming addicted to this pursuit of beauty that is impossible because it's your own, perception it's your own projection of your imperfections i'm just imagining the evil queen with like a headband uh maybe some leg warmers on a stair climber or something in her (laughs) evil lair (laughs) (laughs) just just doing a little bit of workout yeah while she's uh you know while the potion is uh is brewing yeah i've got 15 minutes that's enough for, for one quick stair session <laughs> she's got, she's got her exercise clothes on underneath her underneath a big dress um before we get to her grand her descent descent um i just wanted to ask you because originally she was supposed to be a comical character, like I mentioned, I think on Monday. I hate that concept. I'm so angry that do I you, know that now. Do you think, how how do you think this whole scene and her turning into a hag and everything would have fared if she was a comical character? So, so terribly. It would have been so <laughs> awful and nobody would have ever made a feature length animated film ever again. <laughs> I wonder if it would have played out something like I'm trying to think of other evil villains that also are associated with comedy and usually like Jafar what, maybe is like, a little but more But usually what they do comedy. is they give them a sidekick. Oh, if this queen had a sidekick? I mean, there's the like a funny sidekick. Later. Yeah, like a like an Iago though, like yeah, you've got Iago with Jafar on her shoulder, and the little bat, the little bat that's with uh, what's his name, Rasputin in uh, Anastasia. Uh, Bartok. Bartok. Yeah, oh, like uh, maybe they could have done something like that, and it could have worked. But you need—I feel like you would have need the balance because if she's just like a bumbling, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, she's so I... majestic in her evilness. Yes. Yeah, I I cannot imagine any success coming from trying to do 
this film, like, as is, and just the only difference is that the queen is comical instead of this hyper drama. I, I can't. I can't tolerate the thought. Like, I can't even form it. She was also supposed to be, like, fat and batty and not really pretty at all. Well, that doesn't work either. I know. Like, you need like, her to be number need... two. Yeah, That's what makes exactly. it, you know, tragic and, and exactly. intense. I agree. Oh, man. Anything else before we get to the grand... The Which is totally... that, we've been, that we've been talking yeah, about we, for like ages. Like we're going to spend minutes just on those stairs. Um, let's see. I'm minutes I think are covered, um, except for for the descent. Um, so I'm I'm ready to move on to it. I'm ready. Are you Scene ready? change. I, I, I'm ready. Yeah, let's go for it. So she decides that you know, like she's been deceived yes. and tricked. So she like. Does she close the box like a little snap to I, it? I think so. And then she she walks off, and then we get this wonderful like it's a tall shot, so it's a different dynamic for their camera work probably because I think they were usually typically they would typically be wider than tall, and this one's a tall one where they pan down, and she's descending these stairs which don't have a rail. Why doesn't anything ever have a rail <laughs> except um, it's probably hard to animate? Yes. <laughs> And with her cape flowing, like like we've talked billowing. about her cape before, so but this is when it's it a is fantastic cape, beautiful. And so she's got this dark cape, which is uh, black on the exterior, red interior, and then it has like white, like a white speckled trim. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little bit of dark in the trim. Like it's it's the epitome of what you think of with like a a fur edged royal cape. Yes, um, and its shape is so good and perfect. It, it billows perfectly, and then there's a moment as she's. Right when she's like dead center of the screen, she grabs it and flicks it with her wrist as she's going around the other edge. So it flares even more out the edge of the <laughs> stairs as she's coming around the bend. And it's just so good. It is a beautiful cape. And, and like you can, you can feel, like you know, just looking at it and like the way she's moving down the stairs, you can sense and you kind of know how heavy that cape is. Yes. Like, you know, the, the weight to it and the way it flows. And it's, it's very blanket like, like you can imagine a, you know, a certain kind of blanket that you could tie around your neck, like a cape. There, there are are things that go around Facebook where it has either a picture of this or whatever. Or or the gif. Or the gif. And it, and it says me wearing a blanket around the house. And it's it's just like, (laughs) it's great. See, they need um, to get um, sleepy and wrap him up in that, in that thing. <laughs> yes. uh, the the thought just came to me. I didn't write it down, but it just came to me. What do you think Edna Mode would say to this game? <laughs> oh. <Okay. laughs> but it I works. think Edna. I think even Edna Mode might make an exception for this one. Yeah. Like, like, it's such an intense like display of her her power and her regalness. She's just like, I am the queen, I've got this cape, and and I will when I feel like it, take I my had hand not and noticed swing that little around. I had not noticed the little flick. I'm watching it right now. Flick. And then like, it built Oh man. That's so <laughs> like it's just as she's coming across the center of the screen. And so she yes. flips it. So you see it a little bit extra as she's going and then she around that goes edge. Goes around the edge and And then it's back. It, it's not like it's swung so to good. the side or anything. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, it is it is a great cape. I mean, I, I love. I mean, I love the visuals of capes. I know there's a certain impracticality, 
but capes are so interesting as a visual statement and like the effects that can be done with them to cut a figure or a silhouette uh, on screen. And I think that's fantastic. And I think there's, it's just so cool to see a cape in action like this. Uh, and, and just like, they're embracing it wholeheartedly. Like I'm trying to imagine what the animators were thinking when they did this. <laughs> it's like, it, cause that nice little touch of her grabbing the edge uh-huh. and, and swinging it out as she keeps going. Like she does it again in the next minute when she walks across her office lab. Oh yeah. She, she flicks it again like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful amazing. tiny little touch that they didn't have to do. Um, when she's descending, is she holding the? Is she grabbing onto she's, her skirt and lifting it a little bit? Um, let's see. As she starts going down the stairs, come on. Or is it just the perfect length? Um, let's see. I I'm, we got back up just a tiny bit. No, she's not holding onto her skirt. It is the perfect length. Okay. Down, Cause... walking down. Cause she's got both hands on the box, and then she lets go and flicks. Oh man, <laughs> I love that. Like, you can watch it a million oh. times. So oh, great. <laughs> um, and I, I wish you would just get, I she's mean, actually got the, she's got like the, the mini cape and then the long black cape. Right. I was going to talk about that next minute where her sleeves are kind of attached in the back. And so she's yes. got a little cape to the dress mm-hmm. and then like a cloak cape. Um, oh, that's, that's like attached at the, at the so brooch, good. but it so drapes good. like, and it's, it's across her shoulders. So like her shoulders are covered by cape. Um, in a certain way, instead of it being like totally at the neck. Mm-hmm. I, so I've, I've read a lot of superhero comics and watched a lot of superhero TV and the way capes work is, you know, a thing that's in my mind. And this would be a Batman cape because Batman's cape comes over his shoulders, um, down the front, <laughs> whereas Superman's is attached at the shoulders and only drapes to the back. Um, typically <laughs> there, there are versions where Superman's, uh, crosses his, his shoulders a little bit. I Another... think like the, the Frank quietly in all-star Superman um, has it a little bit on the shoulder. Which is another reason why we've talked about this, but uh, about how Snow White's red cape in the beginning, it went um, away, it went away, but how, how uh, Andrew was like, maybe like it influenced Superman or right. Because, because um, this film was released in 37, 38, 37, 38 and Superman was the first issue of Superman is in 38 and the first issue of Batman is in 39. And so like, this is a heyday for capes is the late (laughs) thirties. And you get all of these extremely important, massive, you know, cultural phenomenon, like, like Snow White and like Superman and Batman and, and superheroes. And these capes are in there. And I, I wish capes had like caught on or something. Yeah. That we could all be wearing capes right now. Oh, it'd be so great. I know <laughs> you almost wanted to wear one for. A I, I wanted like a. Uh, I I wanted a shoulder cape. Oh man, <laughs> like kind of like what Gilderoy Lockhart wears in the dueling sequence in, in oh, Harry Potter. Oh man, where it's like it's across one shoulder and it's tied underneath the other arm, the opposite arm. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been great. Um, and then there's so many nice things where you like you can set it so that it's over the shoulder, or you can toss it over the back of the shoulder. And then, ah, oh, it's so good. But, and then, and then you start thinking about, it's like, well, what about a serape? Can I use a serape as a cape where you push it over the front and, ah, uh, but capes. And this sequence is like, 
This is probably like my greatest argument ever that capes are fantastic is this sequence of her descending these stairs and, and swinging it. And she swings it so far out. Like it's almost like it could throw her off balance. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> um, oh, wow. What a cape. What a cape. Yes. And, and, and the fact that she's got a double cape. But that's for next minute. I have more notes about the, the rest of this descent um, next minute because she's almost done with the descent as she mm-hmm. as, as we switch minutes so i've got a little bit more to talk about next minute but it's a wonderful little piece of animation and i hope that somebody got to do the physical part of it where they (laughs) they built like a a round staircase for someone to descend and somebody flicked that cape like somebody's like oh this is fun and they just like grabbed it with their hand and did that just and and the animators just did it i don't know but it's so good yeah i agree Uh, are we done with this minute i am (laughs) i am all right uh, tomorrow <laughs> yes and if you want more of uh todd or, or you know you can go back and find when he when he talked about uh what is it blanca nieve blanca nieves uh in the protagonist podcast what's the website for that protagonistpodcast.com perfect and also protagonistpodcast.com slash dame is where we have our, our landing page with some contact information and things like that. And you can also find Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society. It's hard because I add that, that S in between the M and the E, not like our name. Uh, but that's on Facebook, and it's the group you can join to uh, enjoy some community with other listeners and, and people sharing videos and, and things that uh, enhance the enjoyment of of this podcast and this film and be sure to share us with your favorite Disney friend or family member and get them to listen to us and also please come back tomorrow for more of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs until then just swing your cape around like you're the queen (laughs) 